Welcome, Nexus Church family, online to our series we've titled Infinitely More. Now, over the course of this seven weeks, we have been taking a look at a very powerful passage where we get this title from. That is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And I will read it for you, and then we'll get into today's message. Paul writes in this passage, Now all glory to God, here it is, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so throughout this series, we're going to discover God's ultimate plan for you and for me and how that comes through the Spirit-filled life. And, And my hope and my prayer for you is that you not only encounter the power of God in your life, but that you allow it to use you to do infinitely more than what you could ever imagine because God has chosen you to spread His good news that Jesus came to change the world, to give us access to the Father. And so we hope that this encourages you in the next few weeks as we gather together. If you want more information about our church, Nexus Church, here in Thief River Falls, you can go online to nexuschurchmn.com or you can go to our Facebook page, Nexus Church MN, and search for us there. We are praying for you that God continues to work mightily in you. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to our third week in our series, Infinitely More. Over the last two weeks, we've discovered exactly what infinitely more means. In fact, we understood that it begins with the cross, that everything began at the cross. You see, from the beginning of time, God had in mind that Jesus would come and create this life of infinitely more than we could ever imagine through the cross, through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and then his giving of the Holy Spirit, we have been given the ability to do exactly what Ephesians 3.20 says, and that's to live an infinitely more life. Now, last week we discovered that Jesus called the most ordinary people to be his followers. He didn't go to the religious elite. He didn't go to uh, the Bible colleges or the, the head pastors of that day and, and recruit them to be his followers so that he could create this massive following that would continue on his message. No, Jesus called ordinary men because indeed he's not looking for our abilities, our skills, talents, who we know, how much money we have. No, he's looking at our heart. He's looking at, are we willing to obey him no matter what? Are we willing to risk our lives? And so we, we ended by encouraging you to dream again. We need to dream again. What does God want to do 
He's not so much in, involved in, in those little things in life. He wants, to, he wants to push you to the outer edges because obedience truly comes when we're asked to do things that are uncomfortable for us. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen in the little things, but truly it's in those areas in your life where, where you've said no so many times because you're scared or, or maybe because you just don't feel like you have those skills or abilities. And so building off of that, it is a heart. It is a heart that longs to do God's work, to say yes to Him. Now this week we're going to take a look at exactly what are some of those practices of an infinite life. You see, the Bible is full of these commands that God gives His people. Now, Jesus came and He established a new way, a new commandment, that, that one that's based on the laws because Jesus came and He fulfilled the law in every single one of them. But He established something different. You see, out of this heart of saying yes to God, He asked, are we willing to follow His pattern that He lived? And we find this nowhere better in the Bible than in Jesus' own words as he preached out to the masses on a, on a hill that we call the Beatitudes. He gives these, these Beatitudes, these actions of how to live a life. And this is found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12, and if you have a Bible handy, I encourage you to turn to that. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Um, whatever translation you have will work just fine. It's pretty common translation that will fit most varieties. And so Jesus is looking out over the people, and he, and he says to them, Here is how I long for my followers to live. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn or empathize, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek or the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those in, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when, when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so Jesus lays out this, this pattern of how one should live in their actions and attitudes. You want to have an infinite life. You want to see God do more inside of you than you could ever imagine. It's not so much what you know. It's not so much who you know or what you have or don't have. It's who you are inside. It's the humility. It's empathy. It's, it's mercy. It's virtue. It's, 
peacemaking. <laughs> it's all these, these attributes of, of a person who is truly not looking for their own benefit, but for the benefit of others who looks out at the world and says, how can I love them? How can I serve them? How can I lift them up and put them above myself? And I'll be honest, when I read a passage like this and Jesus calls out all of these characteristics, I think, man, this is as hard as any law in the Old Testament. I get overwhelmed. I get beat up. I feel like I'm not good enough. Because honestly, I pretty much suck at every single one of them. And, and I'm probably not the only one who is a follower of Jesus who would admit the same thing. And that's the beautiful thing about Jesus is he isn't going to sit there and beat you across the head because you don't follow every single rule. He says, I'll take you right where you are. Right where you are today in life. But I'm not going to leave you there. We're going to go on a journey together towards what you will become. And so, so often I get myself into this, this pattern of I can't do any of that. And so I'm just going to give up and forget it all. Why even try, right? Jesus said, no, no, no. Let's go forward. And in fact, we read in the preceding passage in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, where he kind of concludes this, this practice, the set of practices, the set of attitudes that we should have. And, and he emphasizes the importance of them. Right? He says, here is how you are to live, and here's why it's so important. Here it is. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, right? all of these beatitudes, these actions and attitudes that I just laid out of how you are to be a follower of me. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, this is how I live. If you put them into practice, you are like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against that house. Yet, it did not fail or fall because it had a foundation on the rock. That being God's word, God's command, Jesus' own words. But, verse 36, anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. That is important. You see, either we throw our hands up in the air and say, I can't do it. That's too hard. I can come up with a million excuses. Well, maybe not a million, but I can, I can come up with a handful. And the biggest one being, I'm a task-driven person. I have a goal. I have a purpose. I have a plan. I know where I'm going, and I'm going to do it. And sometimes I get so focused on that that I forget about everything else around me. And so I, I'm not merciful. I, I'm not a peacemaker. I have a goal, and I have to get it done. I, I'm not a humble person. And I make the excuse, well, I'm a... I'm a task-driven man, and, and this is part of that, is I, I just go forward, and I'm not always merciful. I'm not always meek. I'm not always caring for others. And Jesus said, go ahead, build your house on the sand, son. Keep building. 
Make that excuse. Keep going forward and conquering the world on your own. You want an infinite life? It's not going to be because you were a task-driven person, because you were that apostolic-driven, entrepreneurial person. That's great you have those skills and abilities, but if, if you don't have this as your foundation... If, you're, if your go-to isn't being a, a humble person, a caring person, a peacemaking person, if you don't have that, you'll do things in this world. And yes, you are saved. And yes, you, you have a call in your life, and I love you, and I'm going to bless you, and your favor is going to, your, my favor is going to be poured out on you, but, but you're limiting me. I want to do infinitely more than what you can do Follow my footsteps, son. Follow my footsteps, daughter. I've got infinitely more in store for you. Do these things. Live like your Savior. And may I add to that, that that this walk that you're on isn't built on just one decision, right? That's what's great about this. It's not one decision. It's about multiple decisions moments in this journey of life that's what's great is because i'm going to make mistakes and so are you you may not be a task-driven person you may have a different set of issues that you deal with that that keep you from being some of these attributes that we read that jesus gives us we all struggle with certain areas and over the course of life, we're going to veer off that path, that, that journey. We're going, we're going this direction towards Jesus. We're becoming more like him. And, and, and so we're following that path. We're going that direction. There's going to be times where I'm going that direction, and I'm going to veer off and start going a different direction. And Jesus is saying, I'm giving you another opportunity, son. I'm giving you another opportunity, daughter. Let's get back onto that path where you need to be. He will lovingly, graciously forgive you and welcome you back. But he's not going to give you the excuse of that's just who I am. I'll never change. That's not true. That's not true. God didn't call you to a life of mediocrity or, or just coasting along. No, he created you to do great things, to do infinitely more than anything you could do on your own. He's got a great plan for you. And he wants you to walk in that path, those footsteps of Jesus. You see, the Bible is full of these metaphors that Jesus and in in God as a whole uses throughout the Bible of, of this, this, this foundation, this building, these tools that he, he uses as these metaphors we read this actually in Amos 7, 7 through 9. This is a great picture of, of our life, of our journey with God and where he is taking us. Much like Jesus used the foundation, Amos was, was a prophet from God who God spoke through to his people, the Israelites at that time. And God spoke through him and, and used this image of a plumb line. Now, if you haven't used a plumb line, it's, it's a simple tool to measure how level something is. And so God was using this plumb line to, to proclaim to the Israelites, you're off balance. You're not level with me. Much like a foundation needs to be secure and built on a solid rock, 
and it has to be level. God was using the level in this picture. And so let's read that just briefly and, and see the power behind this. And then we'll tie in another passage as well that God used much like in Amos. So then he showed me another vision, right? God speaking to Amos, this vision. I saw the Lord standing beside a wall that had been built using a plumb line. He was using the plumb line to see if it was still straight. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I answered, plumb line. And the Lord replied, I will test my people with this plumb line. I will no longer ignore all their sins. The pagan shrines of your ancestors will be ruined and the temples of Israel will be destroyed. I will bring the dynasty of King Jeroboam to a sudden end. A very clear picture. Israel had gone off of the line. They had become so tilted towards evil that God was saying, I'm using this plumb line to show how off you are. You are incredibly off. You have this line that you're supposed to be going down, and you are going almost the exact opposite direction. You are way off. Instead of being horizontal, you are vertical. Get back on that line. See it. Understand it. I have set this course for you to follow, and you're not doing it. And God was doing the same thing with Jesus. I have a line. I have, I have a line that I want you to follow. He used a, a foundation as the picture with Jesus, but, but Amos was using the plumb line. And Isaiah uses the same thing in, in Isaiah 28, 17, where God says, I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. Friends, God is asking you, if you want to experience this infinite life that he has promised you in Ephesians 3.20, if you want to, to have him unlock the doors of the incredible, you must follow the pattern Jesus set for us. He lived it. He set it as an example, and he expects us to do the same. But here's the catch. You don't have to do it in your own power. He gave you the Holy Spirit. He gave you the Holy Spirit to empower you to do everything He taught you. And that is the Word of God. And so God has this, this beautiful line that He has set. But here's another important piece for you today. The enemy knows this as well. He knows what is expected of a follower of God. He was with God in heaven when he created the world. He knows the order God created. He knows the expectations that God set in the Old Testament. He knows every detail of the word of God. He doesn't know it to the fullest because he's not a redeemed entity anymore. He has fallen. And so his knowledge is short, but he knows enough to know that this is God's standard. And if he can get you off of that line, if he can get you to make excuses and say, that's just the way I am. It's too hard. God will forgive me anyway. I'll be in heaven because I asked Jesus to forgive my sins and now I'm right with him. I'm okay. A little sin here, a little sin there. 
God still loves me, right? That, that's what the message of, of our world is today. Just tolerate it all. God will tolerate you. He's a God of forgiveness, a God of love. He'll welcome you into his presence no matter what. You just got to for, be forgiven and just say, I messed up. It's okay, God, I know I messed up. I, I don't want to live that way, but I do. And I just, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I try. And honestly, I get it. <laughs> Right? We are in such a chaotic world right now where things are just flip-flopping all the time. The pressure is real. Things are changing at a rapid pace. We're overwhelmed. We're overworked. We, we are on the edge. We don't even know what's right and wrong anymore. Who to believe? Who to trust? What sources are accurate? The list goes on and on, right? And so it's easy to make an excuse and say, I don't know, God, I'm trying my best. Will you forgive me? I love you. And he does love you too. But he also has an expectation that Jesus set for us. And there's no caveat. There's no sidestepping it. He asks us to live like his son. He doesn't expect perfection, but he expects, going back to last week, our heart, our obedience, our desire to fulfill what he writes, not our perfection, but he desires that we are willing to try our best to live according to his word. I'm not going to beat you up, but I'm telling you, when, when you give it your all, when you try and you do the best you can with a heart that desires to please him, that's what, that, that's what unlocks the infinite life. That's when God can do in you more than you could ever imagine or think. And that's the beauty of Jesus. Because he's waiting. It's like, it's like the, 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 the father in the prodigal son story where, where the son leaves, totally botches it. Right? He makes a, makes a mockery of his whole family. And he comes back and he has a heart that's repentant and truly wants to please the Father. The Father welcomes him back. The Father also will have an expectation that the Son will start living according to the standards of, of his household. There will be a standard that he has to live by. And the Son understood that. He considered that, and he ran back home because he knew his Father would welcome him. And that's exactly our Father. And that is exactly why in the Old Testament, David... King David of Israel was known as the, the king that had the heart of God. Because though he had messed up miserably multiple times, he honestly desired to please his God. And that's what I want to drive home today. Will you please your God? And how do you get back right? How do you stay away from falling off that line and going down a different direction? How do, you, how do you get it to be where, where you can be close to that line and though you fall off, you can get back on it and you, you keep going towards that, that direction. You're building down that solid foundation. You're creating that, that level wall. Let me encourage you to do the basics, right? Hold tight to your commitment to God. Just hold tight. Get back to what you know is true know is right. Read God's word. 
whatever that looks like for you, I encourage you, just dig in to the book of Psalms. Read what it looks like to have a heart after God. David had that heart, and, and David wrote a majority of the book of Psalms. Read First John. Read the gospel of John. Read God's heart for you and what his heart for you is to live out in your life. Spend time regularly praying to God, just letting him know what's on your heart, and then let him speak to your heart. And then lastly, hold tight to your commitment to others. Jesus created you for community created you to be around others, to be around family of God. So find a church family. If you're listening to this and you don't have a church family, get involved in a church. I don't know where you're at, but you need to have a church family. And if you don't know one in your area, message us and we will find one that we trust and we can pass on to you. So you can be involved. And then as a part of that, get into a small group in that church. Find a group of people that are like-minded as you are, whether they're in the same stage of life or have the same likes or, or dislikes as you, whatever it might be. Just get around people that can build you up, strengthen you, encourage you. You need a group to spend time with because if you're isolated, the enemy will always get you offline. You need others to strengthen, encourage, and comfort you in all aspects of life. And so this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're listening, I realize that there are many who are all over the place. You may be at the starting point in this walk with Jesus. Where he has you going may seem like a long way down the road before you get to be where you would like to be. That's okay. Start where you are. Maybe you've fallen off the line. Get back on the line and start where you are, even if it is a few steps back. Get back where you know you need to be. And let God direct your steps. Get back into the Word. Get back to talking to Him. Get back into a church, into a small group. Recommit to your, commit yourself to what you know is true and right. And for others of you, man, you've been walking down that line a long time. Maybe you're getting to the end of that line, or maybe you seem like that line will never end, and you've been pressing into what God has for you. And you just, you're tired. This world has gotten to you, and you're tired. Can I encourage you? Don't give up. Your faithfulness will prove to do infinitely more than you could ever imagine. Someday, you may not ever know it. You may get to heaven, and you still may not get to know it because, gosh, you're going to be in the presence of God, and, and the world is going to be behind you. But I promise you, if you stay faithful, if you stick to the line, and you don't give up, your life, your legacy, will create infinitely more than you may ever know. Stay faithful. Stay humble. Stay hungry for God and loving others. Keep pressing. Don't give up. Wherever you're at in your line, whether you're starting or whether you're way down, God 
will bring infinitely more to your legacy than you could ever imagine if you stay committed to him. He's got you. Father, I pray for every individual today. God, especially right now for, for those who may be starting out in their journey. Maybe they're committing their life to you today, Father. I pray that they would understand the love of God. That they would reach out to somebody, Father, whether it's Nexus Church or another church, God. And they would ask, what does it mean to be a follower of God? I want to give my life to God. I want to get on that, that walk, that journey with Jesus. And I want to be a follower of him. I pray they would reach out to somebody, to our church, to another church, to somebody they know who's a follower of Jesus, and they would start that journey. They would give their life. They would commit themselves. They would ask for forgiveness and allow you to guide them down that road towards a life of infinitely more. For those who are down that path, God, I pray that you would just continue to put in their heart a desire, Father, to continue to, to read your word, to speak to you, and to surround them with themselves with people who love them. God, you continue to work out all things for their good and to build your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Nexus Church family, thank you for joining us this week, and we will see you again soon.